Hi, and welcome to Adopted Feels, a podcast about anything and everything adoption related. So in today's episode, Hannah gives us her 11.5 step survival guide to moving to Korea, followed by chats. So, hi, Ryan. Hi, Hannah. Where are you? What time is it? Oh, uh, yeah. So, I am in Chinan at my Samchon and Sungmo's house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm with my birth family in um, North Jolla. Yeah, we're in the country. It's like, it's like, it's like almost 12.30 at night, so I'm like trying to stay awake for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And, wh- and where are you and what time is it? Oh, so I should have, I should say uh, happy Chuseok. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And and to you too. That's... Oh, and to and to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um so pres- that's why you're in Jolla. Jolla. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess yeah, it's just like um a nice time I suppose to visit family like I know that you know they'll have some time off too mm-hmm. so yeah but I I also really wanted to go to the Karut Chusok party which was yesterday so that's why I just came down today and I'll go back to Seoul on Monday oh cool so you did yeah. make it to that yes in case anyone yeah wanted to know like my exact movements for this like <laughs> Chusok holiday <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so where where are you? I am in San Pedro, California. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which is just like south of L.A. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what time is it? It is 8.20 in the morning, so I feel like I got the better end of the deal for this re- recording of this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> No, I don't know. I hate early mornings. Yeah, I think I think this proves our um, our deep commitment to our transcontinental podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, when I first woke up, so this just reminds me because of the the cat noises in our previous episode. Oh yeah. Um. So there's a peacock. That like hangs around this neighborhood. Oh, that's cute. Actually, there are quite a <laughs> there are a few peacocks, but there's one particular peacock that, when I first came uh, to this house, would like stand and squawk on the roof, like in the morning. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, which I've lovingly I've lovingly named him Barry. Okay. <laughs> um, but he he seems to have moved on. I think he's he's chosen another house. So I could just sort of hear him in the distance this morning, and I was worried that he would um, totally be picked up on the recording. But oh, what does that sound on. like? What does a peacock? I can't, pop, pe- I can't even a peacock squawk sound like. <laughs> I, I just I just won't even try. It's be bad. And then how do they get on the roof? Do they fly? Well, I think these ones can like hop fly. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, Maybe there's like some ledges that they use like near yeah. the roof to get up. How do they get right on the roof? Like I think they that and that's so dramatic as well. 
to like squawk from the top of the roof. I know, so I secretly love it because because <laughs> of that. And apparently, like, if you get up early enough when Barry's on the roof, you can see him like with his like wings out, like against like the sunrise. Oh and wow! He's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was a pretty random intro, but um, <laughs> um, now we will cut to my guide. Yes, let's cut to the guide. Okay. So here's Hannah's survival guide to moving to Korea. So today we wanted to talk about uh, my experience of recently moving to Korea. So... I've put together my my guide. So here it is, Hannah's guide to moving to Korea. Step one, agonize over the decision, oscillating back and forth for about eight years. And then when you hit your mid thirties and know that you would also like to settle down and have kids and stability and nice homewares one day, do the opposite, uproot and finally move back to Korea on a one-way ticket. Step two, Think that it will be easy because you've visited Korea a million times already and you know people here and you have birth family here and you've even come here for extended stays for a few months at a time. So you're so not a tourist and you're basically a local, right? Step three, don't plan things well financially or in general. And in fact, consider going on that bucket list eat, pray, love trip through Europe first where you may spend all your money on food and cocktails because Europe and YOLO. Sure, furniture and household items are relatively cheap in Korea, but you will have nothing, not a single towel or cup or spoon, and you will likely need a 5 to 10 million won housing deposit, uh, which is approximately 6 to 12,000 Australian dollars. So take that, savings. Step 4. Be prepared for simple things such as setting up a mobile phone plan, internet banking or a gym membership to be harder and take longer and be more stressful in a foreign country when you don't speak the language. Realize that you really have to psych yourself up for these tasks and spread them out so that you only tackle one to two per day. Be prepared for most of your Korean to go out the window in the actual moment. Receive phone calls that you can't really answer. Also know that you did speak the language when you were three years old and before you were shipped out of the country, which wasn't your fault, but still feel kind of ashamed that your Korean isn't better. Step five, give up and realize that some things like finding an apartment rental beyond the Itaewon area are infinitely faster and more efficient with the help of a Korean speaking friend. Realize that you will have to ask for help for many things in the future too because though you are an adult, you are also an adoptee, you can't speak Korean and you're not well connected within Korean society. Uh, for the record, I know that some adoptees speak Korean really well. I'm just not one of them. Also, there's nothing wrong with the Itaewon area and I hang out there a lot. Step six, be disorganized around your actual moving date and end up moving all your shit alone, down four flights of stairs with no elevator, and up five flights of stairs with no elevator. 
and thus trigger your being alone and unwanted in Korea feelings when you find yourself stranded on the street with all your stuff because taxi drivers won't take you with all that stuff. Download the Korean app Tada out of desperation. FYI, Tada is a ride-sharing app like Uber but with minivans. Set up an account on the app half by reading the actual Korean words and half by some kind of app intuition. The Tata driver will almost drive off too, but reluctantly decide to take you out of pity because when he asks if you have another plan, you shake your head and look desperate. Step 7. On that note, play every card you have. Adoptee, clueless foreigner, puppy dog, sad-faced person on the verge of tears. Because this is survival. Step 8. For furnishing and supplying your empty apartment, Coupang, the online shopping mall like the Korean Amazon, and large Taiso branches are your best friends. They are equally cheap, and Daiso is amazingly cheaper for some things, but Coupang will deliver to your fifth floor apartment with no elevator. Set up a Coupang account, again, probably much faster with someone's help and take advantage of the one month rocket shipping free trial and get all that shit delivered to your door often before 7am the next morning. Type in the item that you need into the search bar in English then see what it's called in Korean and then re-enter it in Korean to get more options. Yes, yes, people are always giving away free stuff on Facebook and Craigslist but how are you going to transport furniture without a car? By the way, if you have any friends with cars, they are now also your best friends. Step 9. Hope that your appliances are quiet. Because now they will be your intimate sleeping partners in your one-room studio apartment and you cannot poke your fridge to make it stop buzzing loudly during the night. Also, know that no container will contain the smell of kimchi. No glass jars with screw-top lids, no lock and lock or whatever that's called. The kimchi's pungent odour will waft out whenever you open the, the fridge door and you'll just get used to it eventually. Step 10. Juggle a million different shit-kicker jobs, including some teaching, which is definitely not your calling and makes you question whether you truly want kids one day because maybe you just don't like them enough while trying to cover your rent, which every Korean person in your life tells you is too expensive. Completely neglect any basic self-care, Noribang does not count, and then get short-tempered and grumpy with all of your friends. Break down in tears one day in your Korean lesson. Accept the pity mugs and cutlery from your Korean tutor afterwards. I also wanted to add there that I, it's not that I think teaching is a shitty job. It's just that I am not a good teacher or a particularly passionate teacher or particularly good with kids, etc., uh, etc. Et so for me, it's for me, it's a shitty job. It's it's not the job for me. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Step 11. Feel that a two-week window to register your new address at the community center, um, which is called the Jimin Center, is plenty of time 
And amidst moving house, working with an adoptive program, looking for jobs, and throwing a birthday party all around the same time, miss the deadline by one day. Think that it probably won't be a big deal. End up at the immigration office. Wait there nervously for two hours. Luckily, avoid getting a fine. Uh, so TLDR, do not wait. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. If you move house, go straight to the Jumin Center and register your address. So my conclusion is, I didn't expect this experience to be easy, but I also didn't expect it to be so hard. To be honest, this has been one of the hardest things I've ever done. But d despite the challenges, I'm glad to be here. Uh, there was a very deep, very strong itch to scratch, and I guess I'm scratching it. <laughs> Horrible metaphor, sorry. <laughs> um, I do miss my Australian family and friends, and certain foods a lot, <laughs> and sometimes George, our family cat. Um, he doesn't miss me though. Uh, but otherwise, I don't deeply miss my life in Australia. Uh, not for now, anyway. And there is also an intangible, deep-in-my-bones level of comfort in just being here. So I also have three pieces of real advice. Um, first and foremost is to be gentle, patient, and kind to yourself if you're doing this. Secondly, a support system, wherever that is, whatever that is, really helps. I simply do not know how people do this otherwise. I've leaned heavily on my Australian family, my best friend, my Australian therapist via Skype, my adoptive friends in Seoul, and even my Korean aunt and uncle a little. And that's... Yeah, those people have really helped me through this whole thing. So step, sorry, third piece of advice is also to temper your expectations. I would say don't expect that you can do everything here at once. Um, you can't study Korean intensively, work a lot, do a birth family search, be super involved in the adoptee community. Um, those last two can definitely take a lot out of you. Uh, date, find and set up a new home, culturally acclimatize yourself, etc., etc. You can't do all of, the, of those things at the same time. Or at least I can't, so go easy on yourself. Finally, I also acknowledge that I could have taken an easier route by f finding a teaching job that also provides housing um, and insurance and things like that, and um, thereby I could have mitigated a lot of the job and the housing stress, but I personally didn't want um, yeah, to go down that, that route, and, and I'm stubborn, so... <laughs> And now let's welcome back Ryan. Hey. Um, thank you for your honest survival guide. Um, I feel like the practical advice you offered will be super helpful 
um, for a lot of listeners. Um, so I have some questions. Um, it was, was it actually practical and not just a downer? I hope so. I think so. I hope, th- I think there was some, there was some practical advice in there as I don't think it was a downer. Yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry. So I guess my first question's about your decision to move in the first place, which I know wasn't really part of your survival guide, so that's backtracking a bit. But um, So first of all, how long has it been since you made the quote-unquote decision? And second, was there a final push that helped you stop oscillating mm. and decide to like move? That's a really good question. Um, uh, I feel like this... This episode is is probably is going to reveal like what a ridiculous person I am. But um, <laughs> uh, so I did. So as I mentioned, I visited Korea many times. Like I don't know, like at least six times, eight times. I don't know, something like that. Before um, before I moved to Korea, um, first I I did move here for about. 10 months in 2017 with this scholarship thing um yeah that the Hamer scholarship for any for any uh Victorians like fellow Victorians like that's probably a very small percentage of our um <laughs> <laughs> listenership but anyway yeah and so then I made an, a second decision to move back here um kind of without a fixed end date a few months ago and yeah and that was also like an arduous decision um I kind of mulled over it for uh weeks like while I was already in Korea just on holiday does is that clear probably Mm -hmm. not that's (laughs) so and um and actually, um, I, I remember having two conversations. Um, one was with this, like, random white expat that I met. I was, like, just talking to him and he was, like... And I was kind of saying, yeah, it would be nice to actually, like, stay here and and move back here. But I don't know because, you know, this, 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 like... Um, and he was just, like, you know, if you want to do it, you should just fucking do it. And for some reason... <laughs> obvious and it also sounds like maybe something that like I don't know 27 year old white expat might say but but actually it just it just um cut through all the crap in my head for a moment you know it yeah so that that was one conversation that that helped and then I had a second conversation wait 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 so you didn't know this guy no, uh, no, not really. But anyway, long story, we're both at this, like, single Mum's Day March thing. And so mm. we're just, like, walking and, and chatting and, yeah. And he, he has been living here for a couple of years, I think. I, I never saw him again. Oh. But, yeah, that, that helped. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I guess I have a tendency to, like, overthink things and it just kind of... It brought some clarity in that moment. And then I had another conversation with Matt, who we interviewed in our last episode. Oh. And I was just kind of like, oh, I'm on the fence about, like, moving back here again. 
and this sounds super cliched, but I think at that point I was like, well, it's like my my head is like, no, you shouldn't do this. isn't isn't sensible for your for your career or for yeah various reasons. And and it was so it's like it felt like a head versus heart thing at that mm. time. And he was just like, you know, you left before you were ready last time and you have unfinished business here. And that also made things kind of clear. Mm. Um yeah, because that that was true. Yeah. So I hope he doesn't mind us sharing that. Anyway, I'll I'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> but those two conversations kind of helped push things along. Mm. And then before I went to Europe, I was um I was decided. So for me to feel kind of like pretty decided about a major life decision is um is kind of significant in itself. It's an achievement in itself. For sure. I mean, it's a big it's a big yeah. <laughs> It's a big decision, so so thanks to Matt and the white expat yeah, they yeah those two conversations like definitely helped. <laughs> yeah. I hope my list um, doesn't serve as a deterrent as well for for you or for anyone else <laughs> who um, might be considering it. I don't think yeah. so. I mean, yeah, your list was much more, uh, which is why I started with that question, I guess, because your list was okay. You've made the decision now. Yeah. Here's the practical stuff. Yeah. Um, Whereas I'm sure that what most people struggle with much, much more, as you said, was actually coming to that decision in the mm. first place. I don't know. I wonder, though, I'm sure there are p- people like, you know, other adoptees who are much more, um, I don't know, impulsive about it. And I kind of, like, admire that, actually, because, <laughs> you know, like, who just more, like, give themselves more permission, perhaps, to just, like follow their heart in a sense but well you've done yeah. that so <laughs> yeah I you know I guess it also just so depends on where you're at with mm. other things in your life and relationships as well like obviously like you know if you have like another person or a family to consider it's that's complicated mm-hmm. um question number two or three what was it like spending the first night in your apartment <laughs> that good. <laughs> uh, I I didn't have my my new mattress at that point. I was sleeping on um, a camping mat that um, a friend kindly lent me for the first couple of nights, and like I just have not been able to get used to sleeping on the floor, Korean style. I just like I just can't do it. I don't know. Um, and then the fridge was really noisy, and I don't know. It was just like, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> wasn't a great night's sleep. I, even though I was exhausted from moving, so. Um, but but now that my apartment is like a little more furnished, and um, it's like slowly starting to feel like yeah, more comfortable and more like a home. The sense of satisfaction of like, oh yeah, you know, I found a place and um, yeah, like this is this is my apartment, my space in Seoul. That's mm. slowly coming. Yeah, I'm I'm like not fully there yet, but yeah, nice neighbors. Um, well, 
Uh, I haven't really met any of them. So like, I don't really meet like local Korean people、um, by chance or anything. But、um, <laughs> yeah, but I have like one, <laughs> one adoptee neighbor who's like only about a hundred meters away,、oh, which so is、nice. kind of nice. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, it's really a neighbor,、yeah. like that kind of distance, you know. And,、um, That's really cool. Yeah. It sounds like there have been and probably still are so many moving parts and like, f- like frustrating little difficulties that you've encountered.、Um, but can you tell me like, about any like, nice little moments or little things that have felt like, like small victories along the way? Oh, yeah. There's definitely,、um, de- like, for example, I. You know the public rental bikes in Seoul?、Mm-hmm. It's like called Dadungi.、Um, so they have an app, and now you can actually、um, the- set the app to English, right? Which makes it easier. And. I,、um, it's actually really cheap. So I signed up for one month of unlimited one hour rentals. Does that make sense? Yep. Why does it have、um, to be one hour if it's unlimited? Well, I could have set it to like two hours. I don't know. It's just. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you got to return、oh, the bike. I And I figured I wouldn't be like riding for more than about an hour.、Um, So, one month of unlimited one hour rides was like, or Chon Won, or like, like five or six dollars. Damn. Which is really cheap, yeah. right? Yeah.、Um, and so, I, I kept like, I, it, was, it was frustrating for a while. It's like I, I had like some box checked that I had to like uncheck. And so, for about like, I don't know. 10, 20 minutes, I was just standing there and it was like 1 am and I was like, damn it, I want to ride this bike home. I don't want to take a taxi. <laughs> and、um, and then like, I finally got it working and I was like, yay! So, and then like the next day I hired an, another bike and it was just like, because、um, the weather's starting to turn a little bit cooler, it was like, yeah, it was just like a really nice、um, early autumn day. Yeah, I was just like listening to,、um, listening to the, <laughs> the My Girl soundtrack, which is like 60s, like、um, soul. And、uh, anyway, and yeah, you know, you could smell like the,、um, the ginkgo trees because it's that season. Well, actually, that's not really a pleasant smell, but it's a very, like, <laughs> it's a very Korean autumnal <laughs> smell. And.、Um, Yeah, and it was nice. I was just like, because the, the ride, I was going like down towards my house from, and it's, it's kind of like all downhill, and you don't have to wear a helmet, so like the,、um, the wind's like.、Um, it's flowing through your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. So it's really like nice. That was like a nice moment.、Mm. I was like, yay, I've like figured out how to like hire these rental bikes and. It's cheap and、um, it's a nice way to get around Seoul. And、mm. yeah, so little things like that. Yeah. That sounds really nice.、Um, I also I went to my local dry cleaner and asked him to、um, adjust the length of this like, cheap curtain that I bought from Coupang. And yeah, and then he only charged me like 
uh, Sarchon one, which is like maybe four, yeah four or five dollars to adjust this curtain, and then yeah, and he was friendly. So you know that was like a small victory. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> I learned the word for like yeah, uh, vertical length and horizontal length. Yes, little things like that. <laughs> technical vocabulary. So yeah, there are small victories for sure. Yeah, and there are like little, there are like winning days. Um, yeah. Have you had a housewarming? No, I'm going to though. It's I. Um, I also on my street there are two very famous tteokbokki restaurants, and um, yeah. So like, especially on the weekends, they always have like lines out the door, and one of them is a juksok tteokbokki place, which is like where you. You take the ingredients home and then cook it at home. Oh. So I thought that would really, really fun if I can get, like, a portable um, gas burner and just, like, lay newspapers out all over the floor and have, yeah, like, the um, home-style tteokbokki. And then apparently there's some some place in Namdaemun Market where you can get, like, really cheap... Spirits. So I'll so I'll go there, and um, so that's my that's my plan because you know I, I like to plan parties like way in advance. Yeah, that's my vision for um, <laughs> my house for me. <laughs> Are there any things that you thought of later that you would want to add? Well, some just some random stuff. Like, so I wanted to add a further disclaimer. It's just, it's like I'm in a very particular um, stage right now of moving to Korea. Like, I'm in this like this struggle phase, you know, like where I'm setting everything up and it's kind of like it's a bit frustrating um, and. I just, I guess, I don't, I really don't want to deter people from doing this because I think it, it's also an um, an amazing experience, and it's yeah. I'm just in this like very specific kind of um, probably two month window of of this experience, yeah. you know. So yeah, I just, I just wanted to like rem- remind people of that. Yeah. It's a process. That, that makes sense. We can we can do like an updated episode later where you're like, everything's great. That like that was just a little blip on this, you know, <laughs> larger, larger thing. I also think it's like it's kind of like scary or confronting sometimes to think about like how much. I was willing to sacrifice and put on hold in a sense mm-hmm. to come here. You know, I think like sometimes does that make sense? Like I find it a bit confronting to reflect like how on how deeply I yearned to be here or like how much I wanted this experience. Mm. You know, to to uproot everything like in my mid 30s. You know, it's it's kind of but that, you know, that to just that yeah. that would also create i think a, a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure on what your experience would be like in Korea but mm. by like by everything you've expressed it sounds like 
this was good, the good decision for you? I think so. One last question. Mm. Best Daiso purchase. Ooh. Well, I haven't gotten around to using them yet, but like this is this is an example. Um, I have this like small kind of like balcony thing. I mean, balcony is like really um, a generous word for it, but it's just like <laughs> little like kind of really grubby like ledge. Um, it's like it's probably like good spot for smokers like if i smoked i guess i would smoke on out on this ledge anyway but grubby ledge <laughs> not a balcony a grubby ledge um anyway it is enclosed by like a rail bed you know it's quite narrow and a friend suggested they were like you know you could why don't you you could like sit out there and like have like a morning coffee or something right you know having that might be like mm. a, have a nice moment out there um and so, I bought um, for Ultron One like five or six dollars. This crappy like this like, like plastic stool. That's incredibly cheap, I think, for a plastic seat. And um, it's got this like <laughs> it's got it's actually a rotating seat. I don't, I don't really know why. Anyway, in case so you know, you want to swivel on out there. Anyway, and um, it's like got this. It's this a sunny yellow color, the and um, and then I got these outdoor slippers, which were probably like you know three or four dollars. I feel like they're like kind of um, yellow and orange, and like they're kind of like really sunny looking. So I feel like that's my um, little outdoor set to have like my nice like <laughs> yeah my nice like morning coffee moment. <laughs> That sounds really cute. Um, yeah. And it sounds like it was also a stretch to find not just a stool, but a swivel stool. Yeah. That could fit on the grubby For ledge. For $5. Within the railing. Yeah. For $5. And some, some um, kind of tropical-looking outdoor slippers for $3. It's a dream. <laughs> I mean, Dyson's really, like, saved my ass you know during this move yeah so I've bought like a lot of like cheap probably like ugly looking shit but you know I need I needed that stuff so <laughs> yeah so <laughs> but my advice is really go to a big Daiso like go to like the one in Hongdae is like say seven floors or something go to one of those shit seven floors Oh, before we end, we should thank our new patrons. Yay! Isn't it crazy that we even have patrons? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> we um, would, yeah, we have two new ones to thank. Yeah. Yes. Thank you to Kev and Matt Fetzer. Yes. Thank you both. Um, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's such a lovely surprise when we, um, find out that we have <laughs> a, a big surprise and a lovely one. <laughs> As usual, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Adopted Feels, 
or Facebook and Instagram at Adopted Feels Podcast. Oh, yeah. And please rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Um, Even better, you could write us a review. Actually, not wherever you're listening. I think it's pretty much just the Apple ones that that count, right? Like, (laughs) that help us. Um, and yeah, if you ever want to get in touch or ask us any questions or send us any feedback, um, you can send us an email at adoptedfeels at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> we love all the things. We, yeah, we love getting emails too. <laughs> I'm always reminded, I mean, I know we've already talked about the um, the main song from Moana before, <laughs> but I swear it's like, it's so relevant. Those lyrics are just like, it's like, I feel like this. it's like this adoptee exploring career um, theme song. Oh my it's God. It's like this, it should be like the soundtrack of my life. Can we play some of it? I don't know. Well, I'm sure we're like, we, I'm sure we'd be violating copyright. Yeah. Um, Any lawyers out there, you can <laughs> can let us know if, if I'm allowed to feature yeah. the song. <laughs> how far I'll go. Oh, how interesting. Okay, so that's okay. that's the theme song at the moment. Well, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the lyrics are like. I'll be satisfied if I play along, like, um, as in, like, in her regular life, right? Like, yeah. Like, back in, in your adoptive country or whatever. And then, but the voice inside sings a different song. <laughs> <laughs> and what is wrong with me? So that I, yeah, anyway, so, cause, like, she's, she's called to, like, go, go sailing or whatever into the unknown. And I think it's, um, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm, I'm just done. Yeah. No, but this is perfect. This is like, this is like the best idea for a new segment of our podcast episode, which oh, yeah. is adoptees interpreting pop songs. Yeah, there are so many songs that I'm. I'm just well. You know, because these days I'm going to, like, Norobung more often, and it's like, it's like, that's so an adoptee anthem, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have that reaction a lot. We should totally do a rundown. We should totally do a rundown of the top ten adoptee anthems.